You know, it's a good Sunday uh, worship service when your worship leader loses his voice. <laughs> I was right, I'm right there with you. I'm almost got a little Conway Twitty voice going on. Um, a few quick things. How many of y'all know who Conway T Twitty is? That was close. In about, in 10 years, I'm writing a book that's called Things You Never Thought Would Happen in Church. Uh, I've got some stories already. But, um, all right. <laughs> so we have, next Sunday, we're doing a church-wide outreach. How many of y'all were here the last time when we went door-to-door and the surrounding neighborhoods, okay? It's gonna be similar type of thing where we, we come here next Sunday and then we're gonna go out. And you know, there's only so many life-changing sermons you can have in a year, you know? And so part of it is actually putting, we wanna be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. And if we talk about evangelism, which is what we're talking about today, then we need to provide opportunities to for us to get activated in it. And, and so we, a lot of times, you know, I've heard, you know, when you, uh, a lot of good things don't happen on accident. Meaning that you have to plan, you have to be purposeful. You know, if you are gonna go work out, you gotta plan, You're not, you, just, you don't just show up in a gym, you're like, how did I get here? Where, where am I? Oh, I, I'm in a gym, I guess I'll work out. No, you're like, all right, I've got from four to five o'clock and I gotta make, I'm making a plan to go to the gym. Same thing with spending time with the Lord. You don't just accidentally find yourself uh, in his word. You, you open the Bible and, and whatnot and make time for it. So um, same is true for, for evangelism. And the purpose of these outreaches where we do it on a Sunday is so it just becomes a normal part of all of our lives. You may not be an evangelist. You don't have to look like Todd White or Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke or any of these other great men of God who that's, the, that's their expression, but we all have the love of Jesus. Everybody has Jesus inside of them that calls upon his name and believes in him. And so there's, uh, we want to activate what God has put inside of you. And, you know, and, and part of it is, uh, I was speaking last week about worship and prayer and what comes out of so our first commandment God you know Jesus is so kind to us he kept it really simple he said listen all the law summed up in these two things love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself you get that you're good and so worship is loving God first. It's the first commandment. And out of that flows the love for your neighbor. Because when you get in the presence of God, you see him for who he truly is. And when you see Jesus for who he truly is, you'll drop everything and follow him. The only reason people aren't dropping everything and following him is because they haven't seen him for who he truly is. But once you lay eyes on Jesus, Without any filters, without any scales, you will leave everything. 
And so that's part of why we worship is because we want to experience and experience his presence, see him for who he truly is. And we, we become transformed. And we discover how much he loves us. And part of the purpose of worship is actually opening you up to enjoy more of God. God is not a, a megalomaniac. He's not like, I need, I need glory. Now he's just saying, I'm, I am glory. That's just who he is. It's just like saying, man, I've, I've got blue eyes. He's just stating the fact, I am glory. And so he invites us to worship him because it opens us up. He's, he wants us to, to know who he is. And it's just like as a parent, you want your children to understand your heart behind the, the reason why you do things. And understand, if they could just really understand how much you love them, you know, and, and God, how much more does God long for that? And so we, we set up this corporate worship goal of where we, in the next five to 10 years, we want to have three worship services. And a part of the purpose of this is that uh, right, right before we started the church, I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly, and he said, the sons of Anak are going down. Now, the sons of Anak were the giants in the land, in the promised land. Sometimes they're called the Anakim. They have, there's other tribes of giants. And, but An the Anakim were, were a race of giants. And the Lord said, the sons of Anak are going down. And I, and I just said, well, how do you want to do that? And he just simply replied, worship. And so part of the call in our house is to worship. Just like we did this morning. What's happening is it's just a taste of heaven touching earth in that moment. Faith, everybody's faith was up. We were caught up in the throne room. Time didn't matter. You know, yeah, it, it, and so, I mean, I'm, even with what we experienced this morning, there's more. It's just like a taste. There is so much more. I have dreams in my heart where we're all worshiping together. Two, two different types of things happening. I, I, I see this all the time. I just see it where we're all just going wild dancing. It's just like mayhem. But we're not slapping each other while we dance. But we're... we're it is, it is wild, and it's just, and it's just releasing. It's just breaking open things in in the spirit over the city. It's it's binding principalities as we worship because we're not trying to bind the prince. Jesus is coming as the warrior king, and he's he's the guy that binds these powers. And so I, I see that. And then I see the weight of the, the of the glory of the Lord coming so heavy, where we're all cannot stand under the glory. When Solomon dedicated the temple, it says the, the temple shook and there was actually, <laughs> the glory of the Lord was so strong that the priests flew back. Can you imagine seeing me get tossed over that stage by an invisible force? I'm up for it, Lord, as long as you don't hurt me. You know, so, but <laughs> bow, you can toss me. And there is, you know, I, I tell the story of David Hogan. He was in, the, there was in these meetings in Mexico. He's a missionary in Mexico, long story short of who he is. But the, the, the glory of the Lord was getting so strong 
that anybody that tried to get up and even pray would get thrown back by the Holy Spirit. And he told one of the indigenous brothers, pastors, he said, do not pray. Don't you dare do anything religious up there. He said, this is holy ground. He said, you just read the word of God. So the guy got up there, he started reading the word of God. Then he went into a prayer. As soon as he started praying, bam. The women, in the, as they were worshiping, they were starting to levitate off the ground. Now, listen, I know you're like, what in the world? That's, de that's devil stuff. No, the devil's a copycat. Chris Angel levitating, copycat. All right? And so God gets to do whatever he wants. If he wants to le levitate you, he'll levitate you. But it's going to be for his glory. <laughs> it's not going to be pointing to some kind of power a man has or a demon has. So anyways, those are the things that are, are the dreams in my heart, how long that, that's where we're going. Another, just a personal goal for worship and prayer is that we connect with the Lord and thanksgiving and praise at least three times a day. Set an alarm, set your watch, whatever you do, just to be purposeful. Like I said, you plan to go to the gym, you plan to read, you plan to go to work, all those types of things, plan to worship the Lord. And so part of the fruit of loving God with everything you have, the fruit of that is you love people. So evangelism is birthed out of a lifestyle of worship and prayer. And that's what I want to talk about today. Luke 10, verses 2 through 3 says, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And I want to look at this word sending out. It's the word ekbalo, which is the word for driving out, sending out, drawing out with fear. This is the word when it said Jesus drove out the demon with force. It's ekbalo. And it actually is, was used for like when somebody projectile vomited. Like, boom! Just, it's a forceful sending out. And so Jesus, he's saying this right here, go your way, behold, I'm, boom, sending you out as lambs amongst wolves. And so we're praying, we want that ekbalo to happen where we just are compelled by love. It's like, I want to get to that place where it's like, I love somebody so much, I don't have a choice. I feel, I feel like I don't have a choice but to share the gospel with them. That's where we, you know, we, we want to get to. The power of the testimony, Revelations 12 says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. We open this, my love. And they overcame, they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony and they did not love their life even when faced with death. This is the key to overcoming. The blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, not loving your life, three things. Blood of the lamb, your testimony, 
not loving your life. You are over, you're an overcomer. But I want to talk about the testimony. And this morning, this is going to be more of a workshop type of thing that we're going to do. So we're actually going to, you're actually going to share your testimony this morning. I want to tell you, show you how to do that. But I also want to just give you a quick example. I need my uh, handsome assistant to come up here and help me. Y'all give it up for Josiah. William Gay. So when you share your testimony, all that is is you're simply sharing what Jesus has done for you. And you have, everybody has a story, right? Nobody can take that away. You're simply telling a story. And so the other day I was sharing with a client of mine about how Jesus set me free from pornography. This was last week. And, um, and so Josiah's gonna, he's gonna be my, the person I'm sharing my testimony with. And Josiah, you just simply nod and every now and then act like you get a revelation zinger or something like that, okay? <laughs> you do, whoa, or okay, every now and then. I'm just teasing. Yeah, man, so let me tell you about um, what Jesus did for me, man. I grew up in church. I grew up Southern Baptist and uh, at a great church. Um, they taught me, to, taught me to love the word. But I was, after I, I walked the aisle, gave my life to Jesus when I was nine, but as I grew up, I, I walked away from God. And so then as I got in college, as I got in college, I started dabbling with uh, some Eastern religions, Zen Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, looking into those things because the people I went to church with, man, I didn't see any difference between them and other people in my life that, that weren't Christians. And so I'm like, what's the big deal? Why should I give up all these things for a powerless life? And so <laughs> don't ham it up too much, man, all right? So, and so I, uh, so I started investigating these other religions, but I was really looking for truth, and, and Jesus revealed himself to me. I realized that Jesus was the only God that actually came after man. All the, all the other gods, I had to try to find them. But Jesus actually came and found me, and that's kind of what turned me back to my roots. And I was also in sexual... Uh, Sin, I was in sexual promiscuity. You got real serious when, about that when I said that, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, son, what Jesus set me free from. I was in pornography. And um, I, I knew it was wrong, but, but I kept getting into it. And I asked God, I said, if you, if you don't want me to do this so bad, why don't you help me? And a couple of days later, after I told God that, he said, I'm not going to give you any freedom until you give me all of you. And that's when, I, right then, I knew that I had to give my whole life to Jesus, not just one foot in and one foot out. And so when I was 23, I surrendered fully to the Lord and gave him a heat. And I even forgot the promise he gave me. And that, that day that I surrendered, I never looked at porn again. Never had sex outside of marriage again. And God set me free. And then he's been my love, first love ever since. So... <laughs> All right, so that's like a testimony, two or three minutes. I don't know how long it went, but I want you to find one other person, and you're going to share your testimony with them. And I want you to try to keep it under two minutes. Try to find somebody you don't know, or at least you don't know as well. Like, my wife knows my testimony. 
I don't have to tell her, you know, it's gonna, I want you to challenge yourself because you won't be sharing the gospel <laughs> with your wife. <laughs> All right, so you find a person, go ahead, break off, find a person, share your testimony. All right, let's move on to the uh, next activation here. Good job, everybody. Good job. Nobody can take that away from you. You don't even have that's You're just sharing from your life that you don't have to have anything memorized. <laughs> you just share what, who Jesus is to you. So one thing I thought about, Travis told me we were going to do this today. Sometimes I get the inside scoop um, when you're married to the pastor. Um, so I've been thinking about this all along, and it was fun because sharing with my person just now. How many of you guys, when you first came to know the Lord, told your story often? You can raise your hands. I did. You know, it was like, it's kind of like you find out about something new, like if I find out about a new hair product or like a new essential oil, that's my thing. Um, I like, I tell people about it because it's like new information, you know, and when we, when we come to know Jesus, it's new information, right? Like it's, and so you tell people about it. Like if I get a new shirt, I wear it all the time because it's new, you know, and it stands out in my closet. So I just thought this was a great activity because it's reminding me that this story doesn't get old. It's not like a new shirt or a new idea. It's like my story doesn't get old. And so it really encouraged me, like challenged me to tell my story more. And there's most of the people in my life don't know my testimony. Now, when I was 13, most people did. Because that's when I, when I had my transformation in the beginning, you know, like, but since then I haven't shared it so much. So anyway, I hope you get the courage today and it ignites you if you're, if you came, met Jesus years or decades ago, that you'll push that to the front of your conversation pieces because it's a story worth telling. That's good, babe. I want to read Ephesians 6. You know, part of uh, sharing the gospel is just having boldness and courage. If you, if you, you may be the bravest person in the room, but if your bravery and courage is limited, you need, you need the, the courage of Jesus. Became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Flogged 39 times, crown of thorns, the worst form of torture devised by man. He literally went through the worst, and that's supernatural courage. We need the courage of Jesus to just be willing to be rejected by somebody. And, um, but more times than not, people, whether they, they even know it or not, they want the gospel. Because they were created by God for him. So they, we were created for God. Ephesians 6 says, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. This is the Passion Translation. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. And pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. 
Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I'm chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. Paul was writing this from prison. So we, we pray that every time we preach, we share the gospel, that the wonderful mystery of the gospel is revealed through us and that we preach it with boldness. So this is a simple way to share the gospel because what you're about to do is you're about to find another partner. You can go back to the same person, doesn't matter. But there's also, you have your testimony and then there's, that, there's the gospels in your testimony. But then when you, if you were to just want to share the gospel, this is an easy way to just have some, to remember and have some talking points. So number one, you tell somebody that God formed us. I was preaching at uh, Clark Central FCA. I said, raise your hand if you remember uh, uh, creating yourself and deciding what eyes and hair and skin color you would have. You know, it's like, yeah, nobody. And so it's because you're, you're a created being. You're not a, you're, it's very arrogant of us to think that we have authority in this life. If, you know what I'm saying? To call what's right, right, what's wrong, wrong. It's arrogant because we're created beings. And so, um, and so we, well, everybody was, God formed us. Greg, come on up here. I'm gonna, you're going to be my, my person. So I'm going to share the gospel with Greg, man. Greg, might, he's going to, he'll probably share the gospel with me after this. And so, <clears throat> hey, Greg, yeah, man, let me just, has anybody ever shared the gospel with you? Do you know what the gospel is? Yeah, it's, it's good news, and it's about Jesus Christ. And I don't know what you know about Jesus, but I just want you to know, first of all, he loves you, man. And he, God formed us. He, Jesus is God's son, and, and we were all formed and created by God for him. And so, and that's when I might even say to Greg, I was like, do you remember it's like what I told Clark Central FCA is, do you remember deciding who you would be? And the answer, nobody's, we know what the answer is gonna be. I was like, right, because you were created with a purpose. You are created for love, to walk with God in loving relationship. God created you for himself. And, but the, what happened is that sin deformed us, man. Bad things, that's what sin is. It's like when we do something bad, everybody's done it. We're all in the same boat. We've all hurt somebody, we've all wronged somebody, and that's just what we call sin. And that sin happened with our original parents, Adam and Eve, and it's just plagued mankind. And that's why we have these wars, that's why we have uh, killings and stealing and destroying and all types of things. It's because sin entered into the world. But Jesus came to bring us back to God. That sin separated us from God. And Jesus died on the cross as a substitute for us, for our sins. As the Son of God is the only one who is perfect and without sin, that we might have a relationship with God. So he took our place on, on the cross. And when we repent and change what we think, the way we think about God, when we not only, when we recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he is God, 
and we ask him to come into our life, then our, our lives are transformed. He, he gives us freedom. We find our purpose in that we were created to be with him. You know, and so anyways, thanks for just listening. But that's two minutes. You know, it's, you can... And so I, I may have even gone over two minutes, but I'm just trying to really condense it down. You'll probably, it's totally fine if you're sharing, <laughs> don't get in the situation and be like, I gotta keep it under two minutes. But what I'm trying to do is just help you keep it really simple. And I'm telling you, there's just power in the truth. You may not be able to systematically explain the gospel. You don't have to be able to go through Romans. You just say, Jesus loves you, man. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He rose again from the grave three days later. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he wants a relationship with you. And I'm telling you, or you can even just say, Jesus loves you. Do you want to know how much he loves you? And then you're like, yeah. I was like, let me pray for you. I, that happened one, on an outreach downtown Athens. This guy walked by, and the Lord said, he's looking for something. And I just kind of, I was like, okay. You know, and I just, he, you know, the Lord just confounds our minds sometimes. Sometimes he's, your mind gets in the way. So you just got to trust and obey. There's no other way. And so we, I chased him down. He walked past it like t 20 yards down. I chased him out. I said, hey, man, hey, man, are you looking for something? And he went, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to go to breakfast, you know, and. I was like, Lord, you know, I knew he was going to say that, but, and, uh, but it opened up the door and I said, I said, hey man, I, I feel like, uh, I know you're going to breakfast, but I feel like what you may be really looking for is God. And I know, and I know him, his name's Jesus. And then God started giving me a word for him. I said, you're going to be like the right hand man of statesmen. So you're actually going to have you may not be in an office, but you're going to actually influence politics. And I said, what are you studying? He's like, political science. <laughs> and, um, and so that kind of, that opened him up even more. And I said, um, and I, I went through the gospel. I started in Genesis. And it was not premeditated or anything, but God I, I just talked about what we shared right there. And um, I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah. So I prayed for him, and he started, he's like, feeling the presence of God. He's like, what's that, man? I said, that's Jesus. I said, he's real. He said, I feel like super peaceful. I said, he's, he's the Prince of Peace. I said, do you want to know him? Do you want to invite him into your life? He said, yeah. And I said, just say, Jesus, come into my life right now. I recognize that I need you. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. He, he, he prayed it. And he just, he looked at me and was like, ah, I feel so different. He's like, I, there's, he's like, I've never felt peace like this before. And so I, you know, I told him about our church. Encouraged him, gave him my number. Never heard from a guy again. But that's not, yeah, that's not on me. But he may have gotten plugged in somewhere else. I mean, who knows? And so I just don't know what happened with him, and that's not necessarily, 
That's something I need to worry about. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you, uh, I just had this thought this morning. I was like, wouldn't you rather, what would you do if you're 10 times bolder? What would you do? I know what I would do. And I'm planning on doing it in the fall. But you can ask me after church what it is. But I know what I would do. What would you do if you were 10 times bolder? Would you open your mouth to your coworker? Would you pray for somebody? Um, and then when you take the risk, even if it doesn't work out, like you pray for somebody, maybe they don't get healed or they don't wanna to listen to the gospel. I just, I've just come to this place where my, it's just much better to take the risk and like, than to wonder. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that wondering part. Let's just do it. <laughs> so, all right. So we got about 10 minutes. Partner up. Share the gospel. All right, break off. So how did, how did it feel to share your testimony and share the gospel? As, you know, in the gospel, there's life. So even if you shared it to a brick wall, you'd be blessed. Because there's life in the gospel. Billy Graham used to, he used to, when he was in seminary in Florida, there was this island out on this big lake that he'd paddle out there and he'd preach to the birds and the bees and the trees the gospel. And so he's, because God said, preach this gospel unto all creation. <laughs> so, well, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the, the gospel of hope, Lord, that there is salvation, there's hope, there's freedom. Lord, we're not bound by sin and darkness anymore. You've transferred us to your kingdom of light. And Father, I pray that, the God, that our feet will be ready with the gospel that we'll be ready to give a word in season and out of season, that our words would be seasoned with the grace of God. Lord, that when we speak the, the grace of God for people to change, because grace is your, your ability. So we declare the word of the Lord over them. We share the gospel that there's grace on it to actually change, to repent and be saved. So we thank you for that, Lord. Use us, use us. We thank you for your angels that you're sending out before us as workers in the harvest field. And Lord, just fill our mouth with the gospel and with, with the testimony of, our, of what you've done for us. Amen. We're going we're gonna to worship one more song. If we'll have our ministry team come over here to the side. If you'd love some prayer or uh, you need prayer for physical healing for anything, we'd love to pray for you for that as well like to be baptized come talk to me now so we can get you on the, on the dock for this afternoon